Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as a day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works, forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, it is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 19, on page 450. My song shall be always of the loving kindness of the Lord. With my mouth will I ever be showing thy truth from one generation to another. For I have said, Mercy shall be set up forever. Thy truth shall thou establish in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever, and set up thy throne from one generation to another. O Lord, the very heavens shall praise thy wondrous works, and thy truth in the congregation of the saints. For who is he among the clouds that should be compared unto the Lord? And what is he among the gods that shall be like unto the Lord? God is very greatly to be feared in the counsel of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are round about him. Lord God of hosts, who is like unto thee, Thy truth, most mighty Lord, is on every side. Thou rulest the raging of the sea. Thou stillest the waves thereof when they arise. Thou hast subdued Egypt and destroyed it. Thou hast scattered thine enemies abroad with thy mighty arm. The heavens are thine. The earth also is thine. Thou hast laid the foundation of the round world and all that therein is. Thou hast made the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Righteousness and equity are the habitation of thy seat. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people, O Lord, that can rejoice in thee. They shall walk in the light of thy countenance. Their delight shall be daily in thy name, and in thy righteousness shall they make their boast. For thou art the glory of their strength. In thy loving kindness thou shalt lift up our horns. For the Lord is our defense, 
the Holy One of Israel is our King. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh verse of the twenty-ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Here endeth the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh verse of the second chapter of the first epistle of Peter. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme, or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may be put to si you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free 
yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Here endeth the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion, that they who do lean only upon the hope of thy heavenly grace may evermore be defended by thy mighty power, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. <clears throat> in our lesson from First Peter this morning, when he uses the, the phrase, Beloved, I, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, it's, uh, it's an allusion to, <clears throat> to an Old Testament story um, and an Old Testament reference to Israel in various places, specifically to, um, to the story of, of Abraham when he was buying a burial cave for his wife, the cave of Machpelah. And he, he, he had been called out of his native land, which is modern Babylon, told to go to the promised land. And in the promised land, he was what was called a resident alien. He was not a citizen. He was living there, but not, not, not a resident, a, a citizen of the land. So he went to the native uh, Hittites and said, um, you know, I am this uh, sojourner and a pilgrim among you. Let me buy a cave from you as a burial for my my people, which gives an interesting image of the whole Christian hope that Abraham was heir of the promised land, but he lived in it as a resident alien, not a citizen. The one piece of property he had was the burial cave uh, where he put the dead, which sort of is symbolic of the hope of resurrection, where in the resurrection his descendants will inherit the land. But this status that Peter's referring to, therefore, he's drawn, he's, he's, he's already explained our status as Christians in the first couple of chapters. We are the elect of God, chosen, we've been called out of the world as Israel was called out of Egypt, as Abraham was called out of um, Ur to go to the promised land. We've been called out of the world to live in the kingdom. And for us, the kingdom is a non-geographical reality. It's life in the spirit, in Christ, in the spirit now, that is in the world, but doesn't belong to the world. And therefore, um, we don't have any inheritance here in the world. So all of these um, behavioral injunctions, um, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, is it uh, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, therefore, is the ambassadorial slash witness of vocation to represent the kingdom of which we're a part in the world of which we're not citizens. And it's very important to understand this because what, where we get the Christian faith and its moral implications wrong is when we see um, our faith as a means to some end we want in the world and therefore praying for God to give us this and and if we do these things, we hope it'll go well. The real power of faith in, in, this, in what Peter's getting at is a complete detachment from the world. We, we're we're um, abstaining from fleshly lusts, uh, not because the world has something we want, but God tells us we can have it, but because we know that that can't satisfy us. So we're saying no to what the world, we're not citizens of the world. We're submitting ourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, not not necessarily because I mean, it'll probably go better if we don't break the law, but because this is a witness to the kingdom of God. Even if it doesn't go well, we do it with a sense of detachment. 
And that's where he says as free, yet not using your liberty as a cloak for vice. Some people they were saying like, in Christ, I'm free to do this disobedient thing because I'm, you know, I'm forgiven. But St. Peter is saying, you're free from the need to have anything in the world. And that was the freedom that allowed the martyrs to die for Christ. Not even life itself in the world was worth holding on to apart from him. And so all, every single behavioral exhortation of the New Testament is about how citizens of the kingdom live in the world and its result is if it comes from our status as resident aliens. And, and I think where, where we really struggle and Christians have struggled in the contemporary world is when we see our faith as a means to some end in the world, because we believe this and advocate for this, these things will happen in the world. I don't care whether it's politically or economically or whatever. All of a sudden, we've made faith subject to the world. What the proper perspective is that we're citizens and we do what we do, doing the right things, you know, advocating for the good, uh, working hard because we represent Christ, regardless of the result of them. And that sort of gets into what Jesus, he who saves his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. We give up the need for things in the world and focus instead simply on being citizens of the kingdom in which we live now in Christ in the spirit and which will come in the future in full. That's really where our, that's where our true identity is. And that's where our true peace and joy and happiness lie. When we get distracted from that is where we fall into discontentment. So a couple thoughts about First Peter today. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. This we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, 